Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 32 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. And this episode is pretty special to me because on February 24th, 2016, the Colon Cancer Podcast celebrates its first birthday, our very first anniversary. And as I think back to when I uh, decided to launch this podcast, I really wasn't sure what to expect, uh, how it would be received, uh, and what the impact would be on the colon cancer community. And I just want to share uh, my deepest thank you and appreciation to all of our listeners uh, for helping this podcast far exceed my expectations. We have been uh, downloaded in all 50 states in the U.S. We have been listened to in over 58 countries and recently surpassed 10,000 downloads. Uh, So numbers that far exceeded my expectation. And uh, at the end of the day, it's not about the numbers. It's about uh, being able to share the stories and journeys of the 31, and with this episode, 32 individuals that have been so gracious and so kind to share their stories of information, inspiration, and hope for many. And to the, those of you that have appeared on the show, an extra thank you uh, to you. And uh, God bless and uh, continue to be well, all of you. There's a lot going on I want to share with you. Uh, I was the guest on a podcast, so I got to sit on the other side of the microphone. My friend Diane Daniels has a terrific podcast, and I highly recommend that you listen to it, especially if you're looking for information about Medicare. Diane's podcast is called Medicare Nation, and you can find it uh, on her website, which is at themedicarenation.com. You can also uh, visit her Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Medicare Nation. And uh, she interviews people throughout the medical community. And uh, not only does she share information about different diseases and diagnoses, and I shared my own personal story and journey through colon cancer, but uh, she is a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of information about Medicare. So if you or someone uh, close to you is looking for information, how to navigate through the maze of Medicare, uh, visit Diane Daniels' podcast, Medicare Nation. Again, that website is themedicarenation.com. Later on this week, I'm really excited. I will be attending a three-day podcasters conference here in Tampa, Florida. And I'm really excited to learn more about podcasting, get to interact and meet fellow podcasters who've been in this space, uh, pioneers in this industry, There are people in the podcast community that are flying in from all over the country, and I understand from Canada as well, to uh, participate and facilitate uh, conversations and workshops for podcasters like myself. So I'm very excited that I'll be a chance to have the chance to attend uh, that conference later on this week. 
number of events going on in the colon cancer community that I want to share with you. The Undy 5K Run One Mile Walk is taking place on the West Coast in Sacramento on Saturday, February 27th. The next stop after Sacramento for the Undy Run Walk is on Saturday, March 5th. The Undy will be taking place both in San Diego and in Macon, Georgia, uh, both on Saturday, March 5th. For more information on the Undy Run Walk in Sacramento, San Diego, Macon, or other future stops, that information is available on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. And of course, March is coming upon us very quickly. March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month, and we kick that off on Friday, March 4th with Dress in Blue Day. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you've got your blue outfit picked out for that Friday. Uh, Lots of uh, information regarding Dress in Blue Day is available on the Colon Cancer Alliance website. I had the pleasure of interviewing the founder of Dress in Blue Day, Anita Eisler, back uh, early last year. I believe hers was episode two. So go on to the Colon Cancer Alliance. So go on to the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. Scroll through there, and I believe it was episode two where I interviewed Anita, and she shared the whole story of how she uh, kicked off uh, dress in Blue Day out in Washington State, and look what it's become now as a as a nationwide event, which is very exciting. I know a number of uh, colon cancer uh, advocates and survivors and patients and caregivers have been active in their community, getting proclamations issued by their governors or mayors. I was fortunate uh, and greatly appreciative of Mayor Bob Buckhorn in Tampa, Florida, for signing a proclamation for the city of Tampa, uh, proclaiming March as Colon Cancer Awareness Month. And I've made some additions to the Colon Cancer Podcast website. And one of those additions is I'm putting up photos of all of those Colon Cancer uh, Awareness Month proclamations. I'm posting photos of those on our site at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. There's a page that says uh, Colon Cancer Awareness month proclamations so you can click on that link and see if the proclamation from your city or state is there if it's not and you know it's out there send me a a photo of it and i will see that it gets posted to the site you can email us at info at the colon cancer podcast.com the other thing that's been added to the colon cancer podcast website is a form where you can nominate future guests for the show So if there's someone that uh, you want to have their story shared on the Colon Cancer Podcast, go on the coloncancerpodcast.com website, click on the link that says nominate a guest, fill out the information and submit it, and perhaps that person could be a future guest on the show. Speaking of guests, my guest this week is Stefan Jackson. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Stefan briefly at uh, Live Your Best Life 2015, the Colon Cancer Alliance annual conference in Phoenix. And this woman was just, I would describe her as a ball of positive energy. And as you listen to our conversation, not only is she, does she share uh, uh, really um, personal, her personal story, her own battle with colon cancer, 
but she also shares what I know we would all consider to be a parent's worst nightmare, and that was uh, having a child that uh, faced uh, cancer. And ultimately, uh, Stefan's daughter gained her wings and uh, is now looking down on all of us. So it's a very personal story. Uh, I truly admired her her positive outlook on life. It come this positivity comes from and is inspired by her daughter as well as her faith. And I invite you to join me now with my conversation with Stefan Jackson. Good evening, Stefan. Thanks so much for joining me this evening. How are you? I am fine, Lee. Thank you for having me. It's an opportunity and it's great. Thanks a lot. Well, I'm thrilled to have you and uh, you have quite the story to tell and I want to get right to it. And uh, I'll start with uh, asking you to tell me about the time when uh, you had your first personal encounter with cancer. I was introduced to cancer and I've never known about cancer. I've never been affected by cancer and I never really paid attention to it until my daughter, uh, Sheree Nicole Jackson, my two and a half year old daughter, was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma and in 1998. And that July, in July of that year, that was the beginning of my life with cancer. And it, 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 it stumped me. You know, I, I thought I was in a dream and I kept wanting to wake up. And so that's when I was introduced into the cancer world and to find out what this is. And uh, you lost your daughter to neuroblastoma, right? Yes, sir. My daughter um, was diagnosed in 1998 and she um, lived and passed on and received her wings September the 9th of 1999. And she was three and a half. You know, I, I couldn't comprehend what that experience would be like as a parent. But what I'm curious about is what impact did that have on you, how you looked at the future and how you looked at your life after she gained her wings? After she gained her wings, um, before that, I'm going to step back a moment. Before that, um, you know, we love our God and, and, and we put our trust in God and everything like that. Um, most of us do. I know I, I do. And my, my, my religion hasn't been so strong and my faith hadn't been so strong now so than uh, back when, you know, I was 27 years old. Um, when Sheree passed and... It was a good day for me, and it was a bad day. But I went through a total transition, and and now I look back on that because I saw, I see now that God was preparing me, and I didn't know that. I became very angry with with God. I became very upset um, and disobedient um, to to my father, and because. I was like, how can you allow me to have this baby? And then as her earthly parent, and then she's in, end up with cancer, you know? And so I said, I can do this on my own. And so, um, I was very angry and I was very bitter as a mother because I didn't know what was going to happen. 
I did know that she was terminal and I, I, I did know that. And so uh, we just started to work in that process. And, and through it all, Sheree never, ever uh, cried about anything. She was always upbeat. Um, she never suffered for anything. Um, Sheree did many, many rounds of chemotherapy. And we were in Wichita, Kansas. And so our treatment was here in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And so I had to travel um, with my baby. And, um, and I do have another daughter as well. And she was seven. So um, that was a very trying moment for me in a trying time. And it was so trying. I even lost my will to walk and talk. And I was in a wheelchair in August of um, 1999, two weeks uh, before she uh, passed on. Um, I had a nervous breakdown. And that is when I became obedient and I apologized uh, to God um, and because I needed him and I couldn't do it. Any, I couldn't do that by myself. So, you know, th this had such a dramatic impact on your life and, and time, time passed and you, uh, you know, fast forward several years and then you and cancer, uh, get to know each other again. T tell me about that. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. I would have never thought that I would be diagnosed with cancer. I was an athlete. I was a dancer. I, I did everything. I have a very, very busy life. And, um, and my life was going great. Um, 11, 12 years after um, my daughter, um, I was diagnosed with stage 2B colorectal cancer. And I didn't know what colon cancer was. I didn't never heard of it, never paid attention to it. Um, so it was like I was going through it all over again. Um, with like I was with Sheree, but I was I was dealing with me, but I was able to deal with that because I look back at my angel, which is my hero, and I had always said that, and I looked at how she went through it and how I reacted when she was diagnosed, and I didn't have the same reaction with me. I was shocked, of course, but I had a lesson through my child. So. Did she help you get through this experience? Absolutely. My, my daughter uh, really helped me get through it. Um, it was times and days, Lee, that I did not want to take chemo. Um, I, I was hurting so bad. And the way my cancer was discovered was absolutely uh, unreal. Um, and it just doesn't happen in an African-American 40-year-old woman the way my cancer was discovered. My cancer was not discovered by a colonoscopy. What happened? Um, April the 18th, um, I ended up, thought I had food poisoning. And um, I woke up that morning to go to work and I could not move. And, um, and I was really, really sick. And so I called the doctor and he thought that, of course, you have food poison is what he did state because the symptoms was like that. And I've had that before. But through the course of the day, I laid around and couldn't eat anything. And also I tried to um, get up and go to the restroom several times. And I, I noticed throughout the, the course of the day, um, I would eat crackers and that would come up and I would drink water and that would come up. And I was just very, very tired, tired. And um, 
my daughter was home. She was 18 at the time. And make a long story short with that transition, um, my colon, I had co- um, perforation of the colon. My colon perforated and traveled itself through my body and it found my appendix. It wrapped itself around my appendix so tight to where my appendix burst. And I immediately uh, felt excruciating pain and my daughter wasn't here. And so I was trying my best to get to a telephone to call the ambulance for, to help me. But everything happened so fast that I didn't even, my my breathing had stopped and started um, going really, really, you know, at a, at a slow pace. Um, I burst out into a really bad sweat. Like I had ran five miles and I was very weak. And so I couldn't even walk down the hall. I couldn't crawl down the hall to get to the phone. So I just, I couldn't move anymore. And so I laid here in the hallway and, um, and next thing you know it, my daughter came home, um, cause she had left and went bowling. And when she came home, she found me laying in the hallway and rushed me to the, um, to the hospital. And they thought that I just had, a, um, you know, appendix burst and they was going to do an epidectomy. And, um, Dr. Corey Jones, which is an awesome, awesome doctor. I love that woman. Um, she saved my life. And she told me after the fact um, that we was performing your appendix and we noticed that your colon was sitting underneath your appendix. It was like your colon was giving us a, um, a hint, check her colon, something's wrong with her colon. Now, if you know the anatomy of the body, the colon and the the uh, appendix are on two separate sides of the body. And so um, with the colon perforating and the appendix bursting, that could have called, caused my death at that moment. And it did not. And I woke up two days later and I was wanting to know why I was in the hospital. I didn't really know where I was or what day it was. And um, the doctors, she stated, um, I've been a doctor for many, many years, and I've never um, seen perforation of the colon um, at all, especially in a woman of my age. And um, and that, that's when she, you know, has stated that uh, have I had cancer in my family? And I told her my daughter, but um, no history at all of my family having any type or any form or any polyps at all regarding colon cancer. And so that really um, shocked me at that moment. And and so I went through the, the battle of staying in the hospital thinking I was going to go home within, you know, the next week or two, but that didn't happen. Um, I caught a pelvic infection and ended up staying in the hospital um, again. You know, I never left the hospital. And um, after that, I became sick and I caught double pneumonia um, at the same time, um, about three weeks after I was diagnosed with cancer. And then I had um, reverse bowels probably uh, a month and a half, two months after, and I was in the hospital for three months. That's quite an experience you went through, Stefan. My goodness. What, so what was the, uh, what treatment did you go through uh, for your colon cancer? My first battle, I went through the, um, you know, the, the 12 round, they call it 12 rounds, 24 rounds of, of chemotherapy. And I did the uh, oxaliplatin, the, um, 
the what is it the five fu um yeah, the, the full fox regiment full fox regiment right mm-hmm. there that's that's it and the first time my hair did not fall out or anything like that um but i was i was real sick and i was at that moment i was able to drive myself you know to and from the uh from, from treatments and um I carried my chemo bag with me for three days, Monday through Wednesday, and I did not have radiation. And in December the 21st of um, 20, excuse me, 20, um, 2010, I was, um, you know, pr- pronounced that I was I was good, and I started living my life, and I was just going to my doctor normally, uh, 2011 and and on, and. Um, I was re-diagnosed again with the Krugenberg tumor, um, which was a tumor that was in my my ovaries. And um, I was re-diagnosed in 2013 again with colon cancer, but it uh, appeared in my ovaries. And that treatment was a double whammy. That treatment was was very, very hard for me. Um, I couldn't work. Um, my, My life totally changed at that moment in 2013 and I couldn't drive myself because I became very uh, ill. I couldn't uh, see. I became blurred vision and I had to have assistance. And um, the second time it was harder and the treatments was what's much, much harder. How's your health today, Stefan? I am. I actually, I just went to have my uh, oncologist uh, visit on last Friday and everything looks great. Um, I still have, I, I, I'm, I'm still under doctor's care. I took my, my last chemo uh, February the 14th of um, 2014 of my second battle. And I was going every three months. And then we had a scare in March of last year. And now I'm seeing the doctor every six weeks. And um, I don't live like I see the doctor. I don't live like there's anything wrong with me. Um, my my counts are coming back great, but I have six cysts that's on my liver. And two of the cysts grew larger last March. And then my spleen was showing overneath my pan- oh, above my pancreas, and they thought it was a mass. And um, through all of this, I had just found out that I have an enlarged spleen. And so, um, the doctor refuses to uh, release me, and so I'm under doctor's care uh, press currently every six weeks. But um, I'm living my life, and um, I'm happy with my life, and um, I'm building my cancer foundation um, in in, um, in honor of my daughter and myself, and being able to um, assist families with uh, this this struggle and this battle that uh, we both bought, we both tell, uh, have. Tell me about that foundation. Um, I received my nonprofit organization uh, 501c3 status, and it all came by my daughter's words. Mommy, when I become an angel, please don't forget me. The mission for the CNJ, uh, Charlie Nancy Jackson, Sheree Nicole Jackson, it's after my daughter, and she is the face of her foundation. The mission of the CNJ Foundation, we're dedicated to assisting children and families impacted with cancer by providing financial travel vouchers, copay assistance, and emotional support while coping with this disease. And um, 
And my vision is to be able to help the families and um, while they're coping with this, be able to incorporate uh, sibling day for the siblings because we never ever realize until we go through it how important it is for us to pay attention to our other children because when we have a child that's sick, the other children, at least if they're smaller or younger, take the brunt of the whole deal and they start to feeling like the parents are too busy. They don't love them because we have a sick kid and we don't give as much time and attention. And if we don't take the time now <clears throat> to, um, while going through the battle and have our other children participate in their sister or their brother's battle, then it could hurt them as they get older in their teens and in their adult life because they feel like it was their fault. And I learned that from my daughter. My daughter was seven. And I learned that from her um, because we couldn't grieve together. Um, I was afraid to cry. She was afraid to cry. And um, and she's 24 years old now. And she just told me this a couple years ago. And so you see, it's, it was still with her. Sure. Uh, I'm very intrigued by what you just said. Uh, it's not something that's uh, brought up often. Uh, as I mentioned to you before we uh, started our interview, I'm a, I'm a childhood cancer survivor. And at the time I had a younger sister and it wasn't until I got older that all of what you just shared uh, came to the forefront and 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 I realized that that is an area that we tend to overlook. It is, and it's very important. Our children look for us to be their support, for us to be their protectors. And when something is happening to our children, they look at us to be that strong pillar to keep the families together. And so when I say emotional support, I want to be able to partner with other counselors to be able to get with these parents in the beginning of either their battle with colon cancer, because our colon cancer would be under the umbrella of the foundation as well. Um, so when I'm talking about childhood cancer, I'm talking about colon cancer because it's all in, in, in one and it's all in my life. And so that's what I, I, I speak about and I'm an advocate for it. And so be able to put these, the counselors right in the forefront and assist these families, give that mother, give that father, give that couple together counseling so they'll be able to get through this without divorce. Divorce rate when it comes to a child that's diagnosed with cancer or any illness is, you know, 60 to 70 percent. That's a very high rate when someone is, is um, for a family of a child. And we just I want to be able to try my best to keep families together. You talked, you mentioned the word advocacy, and uh, it didn't go unnoticed by me that you were recognized by the Colon Cancer Alliance uh, uh, late last fall as the hero of the, of the month. How did you come to find the Colon Cancer Alliance? I was searching colon cancer on my um, computer um, because when I was diagnosed the second time, I was trying to find out, okay, what is this? You know, uh, my second battle, I was trying to find out assistance that, that uh, assistance that I needed um, to be able to help in my house or just to help me out and learn about it even more. Because if this, this was my second battle and I'm gonna be talking about it, I wanted to go straight to the, the mother of it and I looked at the Colon Cancer Alliance as being that. Once I started searching your website and seeing all the great things that you do, um, not only with the people that you work with, but within your whole community as well. And so I saw your uh, colon cancer 
um, living your best life or um, it was a colon cancer conference or something that you had. I didn't know what it was back then, but I said, I would love to go to that one day. And I said, but I just can't afford it right now. And I was, and I was sick. And so this year I uh, applied and I was awarded a scholarship, thank God and thank you all. And, um, and me and my daughter um, came down to your Live Your Best Life this year um, in October. Um, and I truly enjoyed it. And from that fourth point on, uh, I made wonderful friends there and met a lot, a lot of people. And I still keep in contact with those people today. And that was an experience that I needed. And I posted it on Facebook that I was going. And I feel like if I'm going to be the, found, the face for my foundation for colon cancer, I need to know what I'm talking about. And I need to be able to have partners and be able to know someone that can give me the information if I don't know. So if I stand in front of a group of people, I know um, through education and through you all that I'm, I'm giving the right information out there. And so that's how I found it. And, and you guys are not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I remember running into you at the conference in Phoenix uh, in October late last year. And I just got such a kick out of your energy and your enthusiasm. And uh, uh, there's a great photo accompanying your Hero of the Month uh, recognition on the Colon Cancer Alliance website of you in the in the blue hat and the blue uh, feather boa that everybody was dressing up in. And I don't think your smile, Stefan, could be possibly be any bigger. <laughs> I enjoyed myself tremendously. And when I got the, the call that I was um, chosen as hero of the month, I cried. I love people. You see that. And I'm a free spirited woman and I speak a lot. I love people. And that's my passion. And but now my purpose has collided with my passion and my purpose. Now, God has shown me that. And when we find our purpose and we have that keen ear and listen to God, give us our purpose, then it becomes so big. And so my passion has collided with my purpose and it's way bigger than me. But guess what? I'm still walking in it and I feel good about it. And I just put a video out there. Um, you know, I lost my, my friend when I was there in um, visiting you guys at the Colon Cancer Alliance in October, I picked up an extra bag for her and, and information for her because she couldn't make it. And um, we went through both of our battles together, same age, our, our children are about the same age. And she lost her battle with colon cancer January the 22nd. And that hurt me so bad because we went through both of our battles together. I have two, two of the, the ladies they named me Diamond, and I named Sandra, the one I lost, I named her Sapphire, and I named Cynthia Fox, which is another one that battles, um, I named her Ruby. And I call us the Surviving Sisters, and they're my gems, who is the three gems. And I, I put a video out January the 22nd, and that video, just from what I stated about colon cancer, it went... 8.5 thousand views on that video and I never would have thought that and what I was was sending out was I was hurting because I had just lost my my friend to colon cancer and and I put the the the, the information out about colon cancer 
I put these statistics these statistics out about African Americans and colon cancer, and that I've met so many um, people with this battle. And now that I'm speaking it, people are starting to come out and they're starting to ask me questions. And and I feel great that they've come to me about that. But the word needs to be put out even more so because these people are 47, 48, 52 years old that's never had a colonoscopy. And most of them are African-Americans or minority. I had questions, Lee, who, what kind of doctor performs a colonoscopy? Um, what age should I get my colonoscopy? Does colonoscopies hurt? Um, how, how is this a, a question came yesterday? Um, Stefan, I'm taking a colon cancer. I mean, colon health pills. I get a, um, a, I guess a colonic or whatever she stated. And also she says she's, she takes something else for her colon. She said, now, won't that help me with my colon? If I get colon cancer or help me prevent from colon cancer? I said, 100% absolutely not. I said, you have to get your screenings. That is your way of knowing if you have colon cancer, they can detect that in your, when they have your colonoscopy. I said, taking those pills, that's doing nothing for you because if you have a polyp, the only way that you'll know that you have a polyp is to have a colonoscopy. And they put you to sleep for that. Yeah, there's and, and you know you bring up a good point that uh, you know awareness is a big issue. I I had the pleasure uh, the episode prior to this one I interviewed uh, Kim Hall Jackson, uh, and Kim is in uh, Philadelphia and she's doing a lot of advocacy work in the African American community. And there's there there's so many myths out there, so many untruths. And uh, that's why you know, the community needs people like her, people like you, to uh, spread the word and uh, dispel the myths and raise awareness. It's, it's so, so important to save lives. And the, the incidence rate in the African-American community is significantly higher, uh, as we all know. So I, I appreciate and admire all the work uh, that, that everybody does uh, to, to help uh, raise awareness uh, in all communities. Stefan, as we wrap up, uh, a question that I ask uh, almost everybody I speak to, and I'd love to get your take on this as well, is you talked about the shock when you find out the new, you know, when, when people are diagnosed. And if someone is listening to you and I, you know, in this conversation, who either they themselves or someone that they care for, uh, if they just got this shocking news, what advice would you give this individual? First of all, if you just just, just heard those words, the words that, you know, the words that um, no one ever, ever wants to hear, whether it's you or your daughter or your family or friend, you've been diagnosed with cancer. And I just want to be able to share with you, cancer doesn't have you. You have cancer by his throat. Put it under your feet. Get you some friends, get your family, and you get your support. And you fight this to no end. And 
you give it 99% of your positive attitude and don't play into the the things or these statistics that people say because each and every one of us are different. I'm a proven fact of that. And you continue to praise your higher power and continue to live your life. Get up out of the bed, force yourself to get up out the bed and put some, try your best to put clothes on. I know when I went to the doctor, I had my eyelashes on, I had my lip gloss on, and I tried my best to get back to who I was that week that I was not on chemo. And so you keep who you are because that's who you remember. And remember, cancer does not have you. You have cancer. And no matter what someone else's battle looked like or what else they went through, there has been people that have gone before us that battled cancer and that did not survive cancer. But guess what? They fought their way into heaven, so they are survivors and they are winners. And so our higher power for each one of our lives, we already know what our destiny, he already knows what our destiny is. We just have to go through it. And so God bless you. God keep you. Keep your strength. And definitely, I'm going to share with you two things that my three-year-old gave me. Mommy, God's got my back. Second thing, keep smiling because then no one knows where you hurt. Wonderful words of inspiration, Stefan. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for spending time with me this evening and sharing your story. I truly appreciate it. I I wish you all the best. Uh, I wish you, uh, uh, you know, good health uh, and uh, that the words, no evidence of disease comes your way uh, in the very near future. And just thank you for all that you do. And uh, God bless you, too, as well. And God bless you, too. And I do appreciate this opportunity. And I am hoping that my voice reach many, many people out there. And my enthusiastic um, personality that I have reach very many, many people out there. And, and um, when, 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 when your life is spared, go out there and tell the world about it. Don't keep it a secret. And, um, and look for my foundation as it grows as well. Well, I will share the links uh, and all the information that you sent me uh, on my website uh, with this post, and people will be able to uh, find that information on my website, which is the colon cancer podcast.com. So they'll be able to find it there too. Well, Thanks again, I, Stefan. You have a wonderful evening. Thank you. When I get my website and everything, I'm going to send it right to you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> all right. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www. .ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at the colon cancer podcast.com. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.